Hey guys, what's up? It's ARW Raw, and today I am here with a very special guest, my friend Rachel R.C. Scott, who's in New York right now quarantining. How are you? Hey, Amanda. I am, uh, I'm doing pretty good today. Um, you know, with uh, the coronavirus, you always just kind of have to take it one day at a time. So today is Wednesday, and I'm just focused on Wednesday right now. <laughs> 100%. I totally feel that. I mean, just before we got on the show, you and I were talking about how we have to just set goals for every day, get stuff done, and just don't overwork. Because the reason why we couldn't record last week was my neck got a kink in it because I slept weird and I was so stressed. I feel like we all just have to take a moment to really reevaluate what we're doing and prioritize different things, but mm-hmm. also take some time for yourself. Yeah. It can just get so overwhelming during this time, you know? Yeah. I actually, um, I've been, been watching a lot of shows, um, and I actually finally got to check out Queer Eye, uh, like a month ago. You haven't ago. seen it? I hadn't seen it before, uh, a couple months ago, and including the Jap- the Japan episodes, I, like, binge-watched the entire show in, like, two weeks, and it really, that show just, like, really gave me an eye-opening of, like, what it really means to give yourself, like, self-care, and just being kind to yourself and I think that's something that everyone could do a little bit more I totally feel that and I feel like because of Instagram and TikTok and everything just so many people are I don't know what word to use like they're almost expecting to be famous or successful or rich overnight just because they see everyone else who has these luxury cars and bags and whatever it is on Instagram and these sites as I said I just think there's a lot of that going on where people just they don't take let me rephrase this. People don't internalize the fact that it takes a long time to be a success and to be really wealthy and have that sort of network and that foundation. I think a lot of people, that's why they overwork themselves because they just are constantly comparing themselves to everyone online. Right. And it's really hard not to like, no, it really is. It's really hard. And, um, you know, I was just talking to a buddy of mine. His name is Chris Unko. And um, he actually helped me. I went to film school at uh, School of Visual Arts. And he actually helped me shoot my thesis film. And that was 2013. And right now he's shooting Sesame Street on HBO. And it's so and I'm so proud of him for that incredible journey he went on. But it's so hard not to compare yourself because he's on a journey and I'm on a journey and our journeys are different. And I told him, I was like, you know, it's so hard sometimes to not judge your progress and just trust the process. And, um, yeah. (laughs) I totally agree. I think that, you know, I I've worked also with a lot of big people, a lot of really successful filmmakers, fashion designers, photographers, uh, what else, you know, actors, musicians a lot of different things and I feel like the common theme between everyone who's in entertainment or any of those sort of industries is like you just need to keep working and keep being yourself and keep making the work that is true to you and not always be just looking ahead at the goal you have to be there in the journey and really be there for yourself it's definitely hard during the pandemic but I feel like we all have to just stay positive and just really stay open to opportunities and to doing new things I just think that a lot of us just stay focused on like that one goal like I want to be a tv Mm -hmm. film producer and rapper and be extremely successful and have my own media empire but you can't just sit there and say oh I want to do this and not do the work to make it happen I feel like that's right the mistake that so many artists make do you agree with that oh yeah definitely 
I think it's yep. amazing that there's someone like you as well who's constantly doing photography and reviewing people's music like myself. And when you did my article on the Honey Pop, it was just, it was so well written. Like, how do you inspire yourself to keep going like that? Um, well, the thing is that I, uh, I, mm, hang on, formulating my thoughts here a little bit. No worries. I, when I graduated college, I had this idea that I wanted to be like this big, like movie director. I wanted to write scripts and direct them. And now here we are seven years later. And I don't, I, it's not that I don't want to be a filmmaker, but I realize that there's so many things I'm good at that I don't have to contain myself to one medium. I have been doing photography all my life without even realizing it. Uh, my, except for like using disposable cameras because that was the big fad in the 90s. Uh, my parents got this camera called the Sony MacVia, which was one of the first digital cameras that recorded on a floppy disk. And that was like my first camera. I still have it actually. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> um, and I remember being just a kid playing around with that camera. I, um, my siblings are much older than me. My sister has four amazing, beautiful boys. And her two oldest are actually closer in age with me than my brother and sister are. So Very I interesting. Out, yeah. So, um, so like, I remember as a kid, like hanging up a sheet in the basement, cause that was what the studios did, right? They just hung up a white sheet. And I would dress up my nephews and like my dad's clothes and like shoot, have photo shoots of them. And um, that's so funny. I didn't, and I didn't realize at the age of 11 or 12 that I was going to be clicking that shutter button so many years later. And I've always been taking pictures and doing photography, even, you know, in high school and college. And all of a sudden, uh, I started getting back into photography because I kind of had a video project that like broke my heart a little. And you know how sometimes when you're working on a project and it doesn't work out, it's really hard to work on more of those kinds of projects. So it's I just, just really frustrating. Put... Like I totally believe <laughs> it's like when something doesn't work out, like I've had music videos or TV pilots and stuff like that. Like it's kind of hard because you pour all your love and all your work into that one project and then you're so right. disappointed. And, uh, and it, it took me a little while to come back to video and I'm back in video now. Um, but it's still not as strong as my photography. And so when I stopped working on video for a while, I was like, well, I need to learn more about cameras anyway. So I started, you know, working with different cameras and even after a year or two of doing that, it all of a sudden dawned on me. I was like, wait a minute. I'm a mother-loving photographer. Why did I not realize this before? I need to work on my portfolio. So I just started shooting everything, Amanda. I was shooting street photography. I did cityscapes. I, there's a really popular club that I love to go dancing at in Brooklyn called House of Yes. And oh, if you're I ever love New York that. City there. <laughs> I love that club, yes. I love that club. And uh, I hit them up and I'm like, listen, I'm just expanding my portfolio can I uh, come shoot? And they were like, yeah, no worries. You Wasn't know? that amazing feeling? Like and, just to be uh, told yes. It's like so good. Yeah. And so, um, and so, but something that, you know, you were saying earlier kind of made me think of this and, and it's all about trusting the process, right? One thing happens and it's the foundation for the next thing and the next thing. 
And when I was working on my thesis film in college, I met uh, who is now one of my really good friends, Mikey Condolian. And he went to school for like, um, for like special effects design, uh, like after effects and editing. And um, when I met him, he was doing a rotoscope video of Snoop Dogg, who at that point was Snoop Lion, right? This guy's working on a Snoop Lion music video in the editing lab. And that's how I met him. <laughs> and, I know um, that's so incredible, too, because like I've had experiences like that where you're working on a TV show or you're starring in something and then you meet these people. One thing leads to another and then you're meeting the, the biggest people. It's just incredible. And, um, well, that, that did not lead me to meeting Snoop Lion, at no. least not yet. But what it did lead to was the day um, I've actually been working at uh, Adorama. Um, Adorama is a big uh, like camera company and they have like their store and they have their uh, photo printing service and then they have their equipment rentals and I work with equipment rentals. I help people who need equipment for their shoots to rent them out and stuff and I'm sitting there in the lobby and sitting there in the lobby and all of a sudden Mikey walks in and I'm like, hey, Mikey. And he's like, hey, Rachel. And it turns out that, you know, he's shooting a music video for his band. His band is called Birds in the Boneyard. And they have a concert coming up. And I'm like, you know, I'm expanding my portfolio. I've been getting more into photography. Can I come shoot you guys? And that was 2017. And here we are. <laughs> you know, three years. And I've been shooting them ever since. And... I just kind of like fell into concert photography without even realizing that this was going to be a dream and a passion. Yeah. And, and I love uh, all your work because you have so much interesting stuff, especially with like lens balls and like your, your uh, <laughs> movement pieces, you know, cause I, I don't know if you know about this, but I used to be a photographer for fashion and entertainment stuff. So yeah. I, you were yeah. Uh, saying that in your interview with me, uh, West X photo was your, is your photo company, right? Yes, yes, yes. You're like, was, is. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of was and is at the same time. Because, you know, I used to get hired like every week to, to be paid to do photo shoots for people, whether it was fashion for Off-White or shooting someone's prom photos or whatever it was. You know, I, I traveled the world. I shot photos back in D.C. I've shot photos in L.A., everything, you know, with my business side of things. But it's more about the passion. Like you said, it's about turning your passion into a business, which was what we were talking about on text the other day, because you have this passion for photography and it's so interesting that you can translate it into a business world. And it's so cool that you're, you were saying you're making masks with your photos on them, right? Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, I have a storefront up and, um, I, uh, started using, um, I have a couple of different online storefronts, but one of them that I use is society six. And what I like about society six is that they have a variety of products that, they can print your images on. And so when the pandemic started, um, they added face masks to the, um, to the list of products. So, you know, I just went and clicked on as many as I, you know, thought people might buy. And, and you know, I've already sold a few. I, uh, I, I don't know exactly how many I've sold. I haven't checked it in a couple of days, but I do know that my dad bought a couple. <laughs> Oh my god, that's awesome. I need to get one. Yes. Um but um yeah, and um and then this year, you know, I I uh have been, you know, the last year, maybe year and a half, 
I've started working with a lot of local musicians in, in New York, uh, shooting them and stuff. Um, that's I so some, incredible. And like, that's how you yeah. do it. Like I, I used to do that all the time, go to clubs, see shows, shoot musicians, we get them to repost everything and all of that. Yeah. And, um, and it's really great. I work with this company called Sound the Groove, which is ran by my good friend, John Avila. And, uh, you know, he hires me to come out and I'm basically his number one New York shooter. Um, I'm his preferred shooter. Uh, we, I mean, he works with a few shooters, but you know, I, I think that he, you know, kind of asked me first (laughs) to see if I'm available, if I want to shoot, which is nice. And, um, but this year I was like, I want to think bigger. I, I want to get out there more. I, I want to actually shoot the band, you know, you know, it's great working with local musicians, but I want to shoot musicians that I've listened to as well. So I started working with some online publications and, um, lucky for me, I already have a writing background, even though it's mostly creative writing. Um, I had not really done a lot of journalistic writing, so it was just, you know, something new for me to learn, but not hard to learn. And I got to shoot, um, dead mouse earlier this year. And I, uh, I got to shoot the used. Um, for those of you who don't know who the used are, they're this really awesome kick butt uh, emo punk pop band from like the warp to, uh, early two thousand warp tour days. Oh, and, I know them. Yeah, and they're a band I've been listening to since high school, and it was amazing to go and shoot them, and you know, and some of my best work is from that show. And then, you know, I got, you know, some other shows approved and then Corona happened. Um, (laughs) But, um, but luckily, you know, the universe said just because the world is stopping doesn't mean that you're stopping. And um, this uh, person from Interscope, her name is Sasha, reached out to me and says, uh, you know, I'm working with an artist. Her name is Vita Kari, Amanda, you know, Vita Kari and you know, she has this new music coming out. We'd really love to do an interview piece. And that interview piece, like, has led me on this crazy journey for the last three months. Because after Vita Kari, you hit me up. And so far, your interview is, like, my highest rated interview. Oh, my gosh. That's so exciting. Like, of all the interviews I've done so far this year, it has the highest number of views. And I'm not, maybe, I think it's the title because I'm very proud of the title of your interview. It's like, what it's like to be a Jewish slaying queen in the LA hip hop scene. And it like flows. <laughs> um, oh, I love it. And I think so many people are just so curious about my brand because they're like, who is this? Who is this girl? What is she doing? Why is she, why, you know, why is she doing this? Who is she? I feel like it's such an interest. It's just an interesting, interesting, interesting title. And then they see the photo and then they're just like drawn in. And your writing is so good. Oh, well, luckily for me, I didn't have to do much writing. You know, you did most of the writing for me. (laughs) (laughs) But no, you, you, let's face it. You're a good writer. You're a good interviewer. You know, it really takes someone talented to compile these type of questions. You know, you really call, you called me on the phone and I remember I was in my car and then I just stopped driving. I, I talked to you on the phone for about an hour and it was really good because you just had so many questions that kind of not caught me off guard, but that a lot of people don't directly ask me, like, how did you do this? How did you do that? Like, how do you get so many followers? What have you been doing in your music career? What do you see the music industry doing in 10 years? You know, you really 
ask those questions that people are afraid to ask because it almost seems like an obvious question, but no one ever asked them, so they're not obvious. Right, because, um, like, I know one of the questions I asked you was, you know, was it like to be a woman in the hip-hop scene? Because there are not, I mean, there's more now because of Nicki Minaj and Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion. Like, these women have, you know, really been starting to pave the way, but before them, I guess there was salt and pepper in the 90s, but it must have been extremely difficult for salt and pepper to succeed. You know, like I had a women teacher at USC the... who actually worked with them. And, and he said like, they had a lot of discrimination, not just because they were black women, like obviously, but because they're women, because there aren't women in hip hop at that time. And it's just crazy to me. Like even still today, it's 2020 and women are still not making as much money as men in the same field. And I, I'm very fortunate enough that I'm very, I have a lot of energy, let's say. So I'm the kind of person that, you know, walks in full of life saying, oh, good morning, everybody. It's eight o'clock and everybody's dead, you know, praying for another cup of coffee. And I'm like, let's get them. Let's do the thing. And yes. that I, I'm so blessed to have that energy because I don't think that if I did have this energy, it would be a lot harder for me. Like I kind of have a very demanding presence and I Me think too. Sometimes... I think that's why we're such good friends already. <laughs> I know, from, like, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and um but even working at Adorama sometimes, like I'm very fortunate because I I guess I don't know why exactly. I don't know if it's my personality or if it's just that I'm a nice person, but I don't think other women in that company have had as much success as I have. Well, I think it's because you're like a woman who is so different. Like I was saying, when we first got on the phone before this podcast, like you and I are very different. We have a different vibe than most women who are really high pitched and small and that type of thing. And we're just much more direct about what we want. I think that's why you're so successful because you're like, buy this because this do this because that you're just so direct. You're not like causing problems for people you're just being direct about what you want and what you're yeah. doing you're just here doing you and and i'm not saying that other women at at the company are having a bad time i'm not saying that at all uh i'm just saying that i i'm just very blessed um of all the things that have happened with me and i think that there's a lot of factors but i do think that you know this is one of them you know i'm just kind of uh I'm here <laughs> and you're and you will hear me. My my inside voice is everyone else's six. So <laughs> I no, I totally feel you because it's like I get the same reaction from people. They say, Oh, I think you're so successful because you have so much energy and because you have this drive and because you always just say what you think and you speak your mind. And I think sometimes it catches people off guard, but that's how you command the room because you go up to the club and say, oh, I want to take photos here. Can I do that? You just ask them directly. You're not, like, beating around the bush, just being shy, all of that. Well, and, you know, it's like it's like what they say. Um, and if they say no, what's the worst that's going to happen? It's not like you're going to be – you're going to be exactly where you are now. And a no at this venture isn't the end of the world. It just means that there's a better yes a little bit further on you just got to find that yes 
Totally. And you can't let people bring you down. Like, dude, I'm so proud of you that you have so many opportunities. You're doing so well. And it's, it's just so incredible. Oh, and I think, I think it's amazing that you, you know, you own your own place in New York City. You and your yeah. partner are doing your thing. You know, you don't really care what other people think of you. And that's, that's really admirable because I try to be that same way. But, you know, obviously all we have, we all have moments where we're self-conscious or where we're like, should I be doing this? Am I doing a good job? You know, all of that. We all second guess ourselves. But I feel like it's people like you who reinforce to me that like, yes, we're doing well. We're doing it. <laughs> well, thanks so much. And um, and if I can just allow a little shout out here, I, I do have to shout out my mom because I think I learned a lot of these things from her. My mom is my mom's an Aquarius. So she is the bringer of the storm. And I mean that in all the positive way ever. My mom um, is a CPA. And when she took the accounting test in uh, the certified public accounting test in the 70s, she it was like one of the top hardest tests to pass. You can only bring a basic calculator and a pencil and you have a three day test and only five percent pass the first time. And not only did she pass the first time, but she was the first woman within three different parishes in Louisiana to be. A, a woman certified public accountant which is incredible in louisiana instead of saying counties they say parishes so it's very possible that i don't know how many parishes louisiana has off the top of my head but like she really helped pave the way for other women in her in in her industry and i think a lot of that like has really influenced me because i remember like my mom like <laughs> all my life would only sleep three hours a night because she'd have to get up. She'd go to work. She'd work all night. She has to take care of me. Uh, my dad was a pilot, so he was only home part time. Um, so she, you know, not only had to raise a family, but she also ran her own business and she still has that business. You know, my mom is, uh, my mom's a powerful person and I respect her a lot. I totally feel that I'm the same way about my mom because it's, it's just really important to be able to have respect for people who helped you move upward in life and who really were there for you and who really are out here doing it. Cause my mom similarly is the same way. Like there are very few female dermatologists who are as successful as she is. And a lot of people told her no until she just did her own thing. And she was like, F you, I'm doing me, I'm doing it. And I'm popping off. I don't care. I'm, I'm going to do me and you, you can't stop me. And that's, that's just always who's inspired me. Cause I'm the same way, like, you must know how many people have told me, no, you can't do that. No, you're wrong because this. No, you, you can't do that because that. And that's, that's why, that's almost like the motivator for me because my mom is always there for me and she's always told me that you can do anything you want and she's proven it to me by doing everything she wanted to do. And she just, she just always supports me. Like, she always flies out here to come see me at the Viper Room or whatever show I'm doing. She oh, that's so out. nice. Yeah, she's been on a bunch of TV shows with me from MTV to Snapchat. I've had her on some of my TV shows I've starred in. And she's just a really real person. She just, She's just so authentic. Like, she's just real on it. And she wears a lot of fabulous Gucci pieces. So, you know, that's her. <laughs> that's her for you. <laughs> oh, moms are great. Moms are I know, so great. I know. I feel like our moms are great. I feel like some people's moms, like, they're, they limit them. You know what I mean? By being like, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. But I feel like the moms who are, you know, supporting are the best moms. Uh, especially those moms in Portland. There's, uh, well, you know about everything that's been going on in Portland, but I don't know if you saw, like, the group of moms that, like, dressed up in yellow shirts and they formed a human chain link fence around the protesters. So, yeah, no, uh, to I protect saw that. Them from, 
Like, that's amazing to me. That's so incredible. Like, that those mo- those moms are not only being moms to their own children, but they're being moms to their community. And exactly, and they're being they're being there for the community. They're not out here just you know, you know what I mean. Like they're 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 there for people. They're not just being fake and putting on a show. They're actually doing it. I feel like there's so many people, especially again in this world of social media, where it's like I'm a mom, I'm a blogger, yeah, I'm a mom. <laughs> and they're just not really a good mom. You know, they're just like they're just out here stunting to pretend to be a mom. But I feel like those moms who are so protective of the community and not just their own kids, but the entire community, that's so yeah. important. I want to be a mom like that, you know, especially in LA since everything's so crazy and there's so many people who need help. Just be a, a support to people who need it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think also, like, this last weekend, for some reason, I just wanted to... I, I wanted to rewatch some old 90s cartoons and uh, my fiance and I both loved Rugrats. Like Rugrats was my favorite show as a kid. Oh, wait, he's your fiance now? Oh yeah, no, my uh, we've been engaged for like uh, for all, oh, for like a year and uh, we oh. actually just a couple just a couple weeks ago we set our official wedding date uh, June 12th next year. So Oh my god, um, that's so exciting! <laughs> Congratulations, uh, Mazel yeah. Thank you. I'll have to tell you our engagement story because it's actually pretty amazing. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, tell, we me, were... tell me, tell <laughs> me. Um, so last year was my thirtieth birthday, and something I really wanted to do was to take to was to take a helicopter ride around the around the city um, because I wanted to experiment with aerial photography. Right, take a camera right. up there. And see what I could shoot. And um, so he's like, all right, you know what? I'll do that for you as a birthday present. I'll, I'll pay for us to go and take a helicopter ride around the city. And um, so we did fly on New York. And uh, they give you an opportunity to actually uh, take a picture in front of the helicopter before you go up, right? So we go to take our picture. And he's like, you know, Rachel, I actually have another birthday present for you. And he pulls out that little black box and gets down on one knee. And there's a picture of us like down on one knee in front of the helicopter. And I'm like with my camera and I'm like shocked. I'm like, oh, my God. I need to see this photo. That sounds so adorable. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'll have to send it to you. It's it's a great photo. It's one of my favorite photos. Wait, that's so Um, amazing. That's so cute. Thank you. but yeah, so we were watching uh, Rugrats. Just to recap this thought, and then we can move on. But oh yeah, no um, if you watch Rugrats, it's so subtle. But all the moms in that show—that show is all about working, amazing breadwinning mothers. Like Tommy's mom is the breadwinner. Don't get me wrong; it's it's great that his dad is an inventor, but he's definitely not bringing in the bacon. And think of like Phil and Lil's mom. She wears a power symbol on her, a uh, women power symbol on her shirt, you know. So that uh, and even, wait, where can uh, you rewatch the Rugrats? Because I need to Hulu. See this. Wait on Hulu. Hulu? Yeah, I love baby. Rugrats. Wait, but that's but that's so true because it's all about female empowerment and like yeah. it's all about the think moms. Of, think of Angelica's mom. Angelica's mom is always on the phone yelling at her assistant Jonathan. Yeah, but I feel like they made Angelica be such a, you know, see, yeah. Tuesday because she's like, she, hey, she's, just, they're trying to show like how girls can be catty, but then like the mom is, you know, powerful, but she's kind of catty. So that's why the daughter turned out to be such a brat. I feel like it, it shows you that girls can be bullies. 
Yeah. Girls can not only exactly. be powerful, but when you think of a bully, you're thinking of this big, you know, hunky guy in a leather jacket beating up kids for their lunch money. You don't think of, you know, cute looking blonde girls. <laughs> exactly. But girls that's so but you're so right because like people don't think of that. It's like they don't really think about that. So I feel like Rugrats and, has so many and like, it's so subtle. Too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely worth re- going back and rewatching Rugrats. Well, Jordan and I will have to do that because I love that show. It's so good. <laughs> but that's that's so true. That's and that's so cute. Like, what does your fiance do? Uh so my fiance um technically also works in film, but he works on film on the side. Uh he is an expediter for architectural companies. So basically well uh so basically when a uh when a building needs work done, like any kind of construction, and you uh, have to get those permits and you have to facilitate all that paperwork, that's basically his job. He makes sure that the uh, the contractor's form or the whoever's form it is that you have to file with the city, all that paperwork is correct, and that if your building needs inspections done or you need to get a permit for work, like he facilitates all that paperwork. That's very interesting, but does he get very bored? It's so difficult. Does he get like bored? <laughs> um, some days are better than others. <laughs> um, Is he working very, in the office you know, right now? Uh, he's been working from home for the most part. He'll go into the office like every other week or so, pick up some mail and um, just check in and stuff. But he's, you know, fortunately been able to work at home and, um, it's been it's been very nice, you know, to be able to to spend this much time with each other and realize that we still like each other. <laughs> I totally feel that because my boyfriend and I are the same way. I mean, well, how long have you guys been together? Uh, we just celebrated our seventh anniversary. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy! Like Jordan and I've only been together for two years, but like I feel like we didn't have that much time together because I was in school full time and he was like working a ton more and it, as an actor and a realtor and it was just like so much more work. And now that we're at home, I mean, yeah, it's really hectic, but it's it's nice, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think you'll enjoy this story. Uh, the story of how we met is actually really, really great. Uh, we met when I was he's a couple years older than me. He graduated from NYU in 2009, I think. And um, like I said, he was, you know, working part time in film while he was, um, you know, doing his uh, his day job and um the guy that introduced us is a mutual friend of ours uh, who we've both known for a long time. Interesting. And uh, I was working on my thesis film in college, right? This is my last year of college. And you went um, to NYU too, right? No, I went to school of visual arts, SVA. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. And, um, and our friend true was, uh, you know, he also works in film and he was producing my film for me. And, we needed an assistant director and drew says you know i know this guy he's a killer ad um let's bring him on right and like that's how i met nick mohammed i i shook his hand and in the moment like i thought there was something but you know when you're directing a a, a film you can't like think about anything so totally um, feel that <laughs> or producing yeah, but i feel that i have some music videos <laughs> coming up and i'm always like ah <laughs> Yeah, but, um, and they were roommates uh, at the time, so, like, I would go over to Drew's apartment to work on the film, but um, we never really hung out exclusively or anything, it was just always seeing each other kind of in passing, and then um, 
a few months later, you know, I, I graduated. And then a, a month or two after that, uh, he calls me up and says, hey, you want to go to a movie? I have some free tickets. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, you know, going to see a movie. And I was talking with my roommate at the time. And he's like, you know, you're going on a date, right? I was like, nah, nah. And then we got there and I don't think either of us really realized it was a date until we were actually like at the movies. <laughs> oh my God, that's actually hilarious. And then, yeah, and then we just, you know, we saw each other the next day and the next day and the next day, and here we are. <laughs> I mean, I totally feel that with Jordan. Like, we met on, here's the thing, we met on Hinge, but it's kind of the same thing, because we were like, oh, let's just hang out and go to a movie. And I was like, yeah, I knew it was a date, but it was kind of, like, not that type of date, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, oh, yeah, he seems nice. And then we just, like, kept seeing each other, and that's how we're dating now like that. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you guys are so cute together. Oh no, you and your mans are so cute together too. <laughs> and your cat, so cute. <laughs> yes, I love that. Yes. It's just so amazing. So, I just love just funny how it all flows out. <laughs> cute relationships are the key. Oh, yeah. Well, I think, you know, when it comes to relationships... And it doesn't even have to be a romantic relationship. This could be your relationship with your parents and your family and your friends. Communication. Like, you have to talk to each other. If something's wrong, you have to talk about it. And I think that's one reason why Nick and I have such a great relationship is because we just, we talk to each other. You can just beat around. I feel like that's so important. And, like, what's quarantine yeah. together like? Like, is it going well? Yeah, it's going really well. Um, like I said, you know, we discovered that we still like each other. Uh, you're reading about, you know, you're hearing about all these couples and even if they're married, you know, divorce rates are at like a high because people are having to spend all these time with each other and they realize that they don't actually like each other. <laughs> I totally feel that there's some people who they just like, they don't, they, they don't realize until it gets to that moment where it's like, you have to spend all day together and stuff like that. Yeah. But you know, we're, we've both been very, very blessed during this time. Like we're both working and uh, we have, you know, really good jobs that, you know, we're both very valued at. And, um, you know, we, we, you know, cook together sometimes. And, you know, if one of us needs to go on a walk, it's cool. And, yeah. And, you know, we enjoy a lot of the same things. So, you know, we'll find movies or TV shows that we like. And I think it was also helpful. Um, I was actually laid off during the first month of quarantine and it was the first time that I had like, I had off completely since I was 15. Like ever since I was 15, I've been hustling every day, either school or work or my creative projects. And, um, and like when the, when I first got laid off, I had like a month of like, okay, I have a month of free time to do whatever it is I want to do. So I went on what I would call West Coast time, which means in New York, I'm staying up till four o'clock in the morning and then getting uh, and then waking up at noon. So I think it, that was actually really important for us during the first month because I would have some time to myself and then he would have some time to himself. And yes. we didn't have to be on the same schedule and we had time together, but then we also had our own time to, you know, work or watch TV or do whatever so um but then you know and then I started working again um and you know yeah (laughs) 
Sorry, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> no worries. I totally feel you. Like, I feel like sometimes on a podcast, you just got to talk. You just got to talk about what you're thinking. And I, I think that, <laughs> I think it's important because it's like, if you're going to be in a relationship, you need to have your space as well. And as you know, that I've been keeping you up to date since we've become friends, since you interviewed me. And I was telling you all about our apartment and how I we moved from being in like a 500 square foot apartment to being in like 1200 square foot apartment and the difference is so oh yeah great. you guys have a huge apartment i know i can't wait to see it one day oh my gosh come into town girl you can come stay with us it's like it's such a fun amazing building because there's so many fun gay guys who live here too and we're friends with so many of them now from the pool <laughs> nice oh my god i know i know and it's so hard because they have all these parties at the pool during quarantine and i'm like i can't go because i don't want to get covid <laughs> yeah but you know it's like it's a really cool vibe because we're in the middle of hollywood and it's just a very relaxing apartment because you have so many views of the mountain and the city and everything. And it's a really good deal that we got. And I think it's important to either do that or like you guys did, which is buy something that you, is in your price range and be able to own it because it's just so, and then you renovated it. It was, just, it was just really good to have either a space where you can rent and it's really affordable and it's really good or just, you know, own something where it's a really good location and it's, it's timeless. Oh, yeah. That's really good that you have your loft area. Oh yeah, and Amanda, I have to tell you, buying uh buying property is probably one of the hardest things you'll ever do, but it's like one of the best things you can ever do to like own something and have it gain value and what I really love about our apartment is that it was actually foreclosed upon and the only thing here that we kept is the bathtub. <laughs> You know, and um, and we even had to, like, clean that and glaze that. And we did most of the work ourselves. Uh, we had some friends help. And there was um, my building handyman, you know, helped us install our kitchen cabinets. But that's um, so incredible because, like, you showed me the before and after photos. And I was like, wow. And it's like you, you wouldn't be able to tell that it's the same apartment. It's And it's so beautiful. And, you know, it's across the street from the subway which is prime real estate, so. <laughs> yeah, wait, which area are you in again? <laughs> uh, so I live in Queens in a small uh, area called Briarwood, which is like on the outskirts of Jamaica. So, Oh, um, well, that's actually if, a really good area, but it does get kind of sketchy, I'm sure, right? Um, our area is really good. Um, but if you go uh, a few blocks to, in like one direction, then it starts to get a little rougher. My ex um, but York, on... that's why I asked because he literally almost forced me to move to Queens with him, and I was like, "No, I'm staying in LA." No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I really loved living in Queens. Um, we lived in Forest Hills uh, a few years ago. Oh, nice. And Wait, how old were you like... when you bought your apartment? By the way, I was 29 when we closed on it. How old are you now? I forget. I was like, uh, I just, I just turned 31. Wow. So only two so, years ago. Yeah. So we, yeah, we closed on it, um, in September, 2018. And then it took us about six months to renovate and we moved in March, 2019. That's incredible. Though. And, and, then, like, of course, and then we got engaged a few months later. <laughs> so amazing. And of course the renovations, you know, it's like, as you said, you had to stay somewhere else, you know, that's a really big expense, but the, just doing that is so good. Like my boyfriend, and I want to get a house near the beach, even if it's like a smaller house, like just being near the beach is so luxurious or being you oh, know, yeah. in a good location, in New York city. Like that's, that's the goal to be, to have something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, we're, we're, you know, we're both blessed with families that, you know, our, both of our parents like really love and support us. And his mom does not, um, uh did not live too far from here so we were able to live in her house 
Um, and um, she let us live there. We paid rent for a little while, but once we uh, found the place and started the closing paperwork, uh, she let us um, kind of, um, you know, let us stay there for free so we could, you know, put all of our funds towards the apartment. And no, but that, that's that was incredible. just like, she's so amazing. And um, I, I love Nick's mom a lot. I call her mom now too. So, oh, that's um, so cute. But it was just so like, like I said, like Nick and I are incredibly blessed, and um, you know, just to be able to have a family that you know loves us and support us and help us whenever you know whenever we ask, they're there for us, and yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we were able to stay with her during. Uh, while we were you know prepping this place that's incredible amazing i love it that's just so, like yeah if I anyone asks me so you know. dope. i love her even though i haven't met her <laughs> she is pretty cool um yeah so if anyone were to ask me you know should i rent or buy i'm gonna tell them save your money and buy um because i i to be able to build equity and it goes towards like your credit and stuff. So when Nick and I are ready to actually buy a house, it's going to be so much easier for yeah, us to buy a house. Like that's what just we were simply because doing. just simply because I'm already gaining, you know, equity, equity and wealth just by owning. And, um, and we raised the, the value of this apartment up by like, Forty or fifty thousand dollars. So I mean, also, like, and like you're making it amazing to live on, you know, building up my credit because I've never really had a credit score. Also, like working in Hollywood, working entertainment, building up my network while we're in the city right now. And then we want to get a place that's like near El Segundo or stuff like that, like by the beach or like Santa Monica or something, where it's like we could have like a cute little townhouse and like make it super chic and like renovate it. But once you know, I have a good credit score, and once I'm more like 27, 28, 29 in age. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's really yeah. cool. Like we could stay I here. Remind myself like... that you're still young. Yeah, no, literally, I know, right? Because everyone always thinks like, "Oh, you're older," because I'm always like doing all this older people stuff. But you know, like yeah, like my whole career, and you know, just I'm I'm. This sounds like really cocky, but I'm not trying to be cocky. But like I'm way further ahead than most people my age, just because, just the same way as you. Like ever since I was like 14 or 15, I've just like ran my own photography business and like hustled my own, you know, projects and everything, and that's just how I got into where I am today. Yeah, I, man, I've, over the last few months, I've been just like having this growing, I don't know if I want to move to LA because I still kind of feel like LA is overrated. I felt that way for a long time. LA's have you lived here? But I've never lived there. If you've never I, lived I, here, I like you can't say that because lit- because I totally feel I you. I feel you because it know. seems overrated. It's just because, a perception. Like, yeah, it's more like it's, it's who perception. you're with. Like if you're with your man and you guys are married and like, you have your favorite restaurants and you like to go hiking and you like to go to the beach and you, you like, you know, the weather and everything, then it's really, really good. And you work right. in entertainment and, and film and music and photography. So it's great, which, which it depends on where you are too. Yeah. You know? And, yes. uh, and I think that like, I think I would have a different perception of it now because I, I mean, I have been to LA, but I haven't been to LA since I was 18. I've been to LA in 12 years. So I think that the vibe is probably a lot different. And, um, and I, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to talk to like a few people from LA now. And I, and I know people out in LA and I, my perception is changing and I just, I don't know exactly what I want to do with it, but I at least want to come for a visit 
So I, I'm hoping that like January, February, hopefully, dear God, if like this craziness is behind us a little bit and we're able to travel a little bit more, I would love to visit in LA. You know, yeah, go to the I'll clubs come there. See you. That's that, that'd and, be amazing. You know, not not be so into all the touristy stuff because everyone wants to go to the big movie theater and the Walk of Fame, but. What about like the niche little club that's in this, you know, well, that's yeah, I mean, in this place totally that, that you never that. heard of? And I have this like perception of it that's different because I am a performer. So I'm the one who's who's performing at these niche clubs that are only, you know, only the biggest hip hop fans know or only the indie musicians know. And I, I'm that person who goes to the hole in the wall restaurants that are, you know, five star rated, but no one would know about them because they just never, you know. Right. in that position know about them but i totally feel you because you're like well la seems so overrated but let me tell you it's not like this is my fifth year living here and honestly i can tell you that ever since i moved to la there, yes there are fake people and i've always thought that la is a very fake plastic you know size zero city but you can't let that limit you because there's so many people who are also very authentic and open-minded and talented and successful who live a really cool and genuine life here. Like I've met so many people throughout my five years living in LA where, I mean, I moved here when I was 18. So like, I've just, it's just been That's kind of what happened with me in New York. I moved out here straight out of high school. Yeah. Where are you from again? Uh, I'm from a little town called St. Joseph, Missouri. That is a, um, about 30 minutes to an hour North of Kansas city. Okay. So I see what you're saying. Cause it's like, you move to the city, you get attached to it. Everyone says fake, but you're like, no, it's real. I like it. And then everyone has their own perceptions. You know, I think everyone has their own perceptions about New York City, too. And it's like, you really have to come <laughs> here and see it for yourself, I think. Because yeah. also, like, my point about having your your fiancé, future husband with you is different. Because if you have kids or dogs or, you know, cats, whatever, and you have your husband and all of that, it's very different. Because you feel so much more happy and supported. I feel like a lot of people don't like L.A. because it's such a lonely city if you don't have someone. Because people are so flaky here. The stereotype about LA is that like people always ditch on plans or they're like oh yeah totally I'll see you and they're like five hours late like that that is true the stereotype <laughs> is true and like you just have to find the genuine people here yeah um you know the the artist I interviewed after uh after I interviewed you his name is Derek Cobb and he's actually a friend of a friend um so I I actually know him in person and um he has this really great story um he was a uh, he became a homeless teen because of his sexual orientation. And oh. now he has like so many followers on Spotify and Instagram. And he is just like, a, he's like a true rags to riches story. So, um, Derek I'll have Cobb, to check he's that amazing. Please send it to me. That um, sounds so incredible. Yeah, of course. But he, you know, grew up in New York and he moved out to LA a couple years ago. And so that was the first question I asked him. I was like, so what's the difference? You know, what's the difference between New York and L.A.? And he says, um, you know, hear me out. Both cities, you have to hustle. The hustle is real. But in New York, it's kind of like this hustle of you have your day job and then you have your side gig and then you have your extra little things like if you are not exhausted at the end of the day from your hustling, then you did not hustle enough. No, literally, but, though, like, that's how it is. And, and I felt that. that. I felt that because I lived that day to day. Like, I do have my, my, you know, I have my day job. I have my uh, own personal brand that I'm trying to grow. And I need to be gigging and I need to be doing my side hustles. 
Um, and then he said, in LA though, it's not that you don't uh, hustle. It's just that your hustle's more concentrated. And if you spent like your whole day getting ready for one big audition, then that's enough. And no, it really is though. That that's good advice. And that just like that that clicked it for me. I was like, all right, I need to give LA an, another chance. I need to go scope out the scene and see what the what in your words the Westies are all about. You know, because the West. Um, I'm talking about my fans, girl. But true, West Coast is Westies too. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love to see what the Westies like, are all about. No, but that's what it's all about. That's what it's really all about because it's like, I feel like the West Coast, also people respect you so much more because like, I feel like in New York, everyone's like, oh, everyone's a painter and an artist and blah, blah, blah. Oh, Same yeah. with LA, but then they actually respect it because it's like your main hustle. Like, honestly, I think you could fully be a photographer here and just work for a company and do oh, their yeah. photos. You know what I mean? That's like, something else he said You wouldn't too. have to he do the like, bullshit anymore. Yeah, that's something else he said too. He was like, oh, but if you're an artist, people are going to hold You know, you can't be fake if you're an actor you all right what show are you in uh what what are you yeah doing you can't auditions? exactly you can't you can't, you can't just like, say it and and not be like i'm anything. a rapper they're gonna expect you to be working in your field you can't be like i'm a rapper and then just tell people oh yeah 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 i don't really have any stuff out yet like there's a lot of people here like that or like no. oh i'm an actor but i've never been in anything i don't have a reel like exactly you can't be fake on it you have to actually follow through because yeah. there's a lot of people in New York who I say, oh, you know, I'm a seamstress by day and a pole dancer by night or whatever random thing they are. But, you know, then they don't have any, <laughs> you know, anything to show for it. You just need to have something to show for it. Like, yeah, if you're going to say you do something, you have to have something to show for it. And I feel like, you know, to close out the podcast, you are the person who has something to show for. It. You're kind of that jack of all trades. And it's really good that you're just pursuing everything. And I can't wait to see where all of your music blogging and photography and all of your other skills take you you're just so talented me too girl yeah yes <laughs> and it's yeah. just like what i was saying earlier like sometimes it's so hard not to get discouraged because i'm sure you've had this feeling where you feel like you're spinning your wheels and spinning your wheels and you're not getting anywhere but really it you have to like put down that mindset and if that's something that i've been personally working on it's just breaking down that mindset of not getting anywhere because you are getting somewhere. You're going to get somewhere. somewhere as soon as you can, you know, yeah, like you, it'll you, happen you when it happens. Keep working, it happens what happens. Cause I feel the same way. I've been on so many TV shows that never aired and we filmed for three months and I've been on so many, you know, websites where I have big interviews and I think it's going to give me my next big break and I'm going to have millions of Spotify. But you just got to keep going and keep creating the content and pushing everything out that you make. So that you can right. up. I feel like we all want to be that person with 3 million YouTube subscribers, 5 million Spotify listeners, a whole merch line that you don't even have to manage the supply for all of it. But you can't do that until you're at that level. You got to keep hustling at the lower level to get up to there. Right. And that three months that you spend on set is not a waste. That's just, that was your learning that's networking. process. Well, that's networking and learning that... processes. You know, like I was on an MTV show that never came out. And I yeah. met some huge rappers who are friends with NWA and stuff like that. And you know what? One of them wrote a song with me. That's, you know, things happen like that. That's just how it goes. Dope. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when you're and, and, you know, 10, 20 years from now, when you are that mogul that you want to be, 
you can have that experience of working on that MTV show as, as part of your foundation, you know? Yeah. Look back on it and be like, wow, that really showed me what I need to do and like where I'm taking everything. Right. So true. Well, to wrap it up, like so. definitely please plug away. At your oh my shows. God. We, yeah. I know. We I, feel like, I feel like talking to um, you was just so quick. It was like, just a blink of an eye. You're so interesting. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, all right. So plugging in here, uh, I'm pretty easy cause my brand is 26 shades of green and that's pretty much it across the board. My website is 26 shades of Instagram and Facebook are 26 shades of green. The only thing that is slightly different is my Twitter because some booty hole already had 26 shades of green and didn't do anything with it. So I went French with it. It's 26 Shades of Verte. V-E-R-T-E. I love it. Wait, um, how did you make that your name? Like, I, I, I was very curious, but didn't want to ask. When we um, <laughs> so, no, it's all good. Um, well, 26 is my lucky number, and green is my favorite color. And I don't know, a few years back, um, before I really started working at, at Arama, um, you know, between when I was in my freelancing days, uh, I was just like, I need a brand name and I want something that sounds cool that also can be ambiguous if I want it to be. And I thought about it and I think that's when 50 shades of gray, but like just got the movie deal or something. And I was like, Oh, I know I'll do 26 shades of green and that'll be my thing. And, um, it's great. Everyone who smokes weed loves my name too. So <laughs> that's so that's so awesome. And um, yeah, I, I just wanted something that what that flowed and that was unique and it was me. And because now my hope is that when people hear Twenty Six Shades of Green, they're going to automatically know who that is and what I'm about and stuff. So oh, exactly. Well, that's perfect. And you know, everyone, go follow her. I hope you yeah, have buy a, a face yeah. mask. Yeah, buy her face. You can mask. go to the you can go to the shop page on my website or on my Instagram. You'll see a link to my link tree, and it's literally like the first link you can press. Like, if you just go to my website or go to my Instagram and and click like go buy a face mask, I promise it'll be worth it. <laughs> I need to get one. Seriously, I'm gonna get one. That's There's that's lots really of cool. Options. There's tons of cool <laughs> options. I I just love that. That's I think it's amazing that you did that. And like right now I'm working on merchandise too. So I feel like it's really, really, really important to be able to merchandise what you do. Yeah. Well, I also think it's important because like as soon as the idea of wearing a mask uh, when you go out was going to be a common thing. um, One of my best friends, Vivian Bond uh, does like recycled and upcycling fashion. Like, she buys really cool things from thrift stores and then adds like her own spin on them and like sews cool patches and does really cool stuff. But that was something she did. She was like, I'm making masks out of recycled fabric. So I'll create masks for everyone. And I was like, I need like eight of those. (laughs) And that's the thing. You don't have to wear a boring old mask every day. It can be a fashion statement and you can protect others from getting the COVID. So I know, like, right? And, and you support small business and you look mad cool. So imagine how cool you'll look over the next few months as your states start opening up and bus- you have to go back to business or go back to school. You can look really cool 
and be health conscious and supporting amazing female artists amen i feel like it's okay i feel like people will like my mask too because mine that are coming it says ashkenasti on it so it's very very exciting I'll have to get me one of those. So make sure you. Send I know me we'll a have link. to. We'll have to each get a, get get one of each other. It's like I am just, I am like, dude. I'm just floored by everything you do, and I hope everyone goes checks out your stuff. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I also hope you can visit LA in January, like you said, because that would oh. be really fun. And I'll show you yes. around the non touristy stuff. I'm into it. <laughs> yes. Well, have a great rest of your day, boo. You too, Amanda. Have a great... Uh, well, it's still the afternoon there for you, but yes. it's evening time here. Well, have a so. great night. See you. <laughs> you too, Amanda. Have a good night. All night. right. Bye.